Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Julie R. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, July 24th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book and we are at page 86, the second paragraph. On awakening, let us think about. This will be one paragraph only. Today's readers are Melissa C., Rachel W., Russ M., The share ID for Monday, July 23rd, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time Meeting is 11,689. For the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time Meeting, it's 11,691. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sage S. to read the 12 steps. Hi, this is Sage S., Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Arizona. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Sage. I will now ask Toby Kay to read the 12 traditions. Hi, this is Toby Kay. Can you hear me okay? Yes. The 12 traditions, our common welfare should come first. 
Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is what, but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating, overeating. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry his message to the overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such was never to be, never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name would never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Toby Kay. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speaker, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 86, the second paragraph, On Awakening, Let Us Think About. We will be reading and sharing on only one paragraph. I will now ask Melissa C. to begin reading. Hi, good morning, Julie. Thank you. It's Melissa C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. On awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. 
Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance, for after all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives. Okay, um, good morning. So, uh, you know, it's um, the book is not shy on matter, you know, on matters of prayer and meditation. It says that a couple of paragraphs before, and now it's like telling us exactly, you know, when and 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 what this is going to look like. And so, you know, the first thing that kind of jumps out at me is um, like this book is giving me uh, like complete directions on on how I'm going to live my life, even even what I'm going to do when I first wake up. And, you know, so like oftentimes when um, I'm working with someone new and, and I make a suggestion like, you know, get up in the morning and like let's and start work, this kind of, you know, work in the morning, sometimes people are, are um, hesitant. It's like, but but that doesn't really fit in my life. And, you know, if you're thinking that this program is going to fit in your life, you might not be desperate enough yet. You know, that's what kind of jumps out at me. Like, I'm given a new design for living. And so my direction on how to begin my day, like, I wake up, I'm right back to me. And I have a list of things, an agenda, what I want to get done, my plans. But this tells me I'm going to consider, you know, I'm going to think carefully about my plans and not force my plans and ask God to direct my thinking. You know, we're taught how all action is born in thought. And my great problem is I've got a mental defect, my broken thinking. So, like, yeah, I need a higher power to direct my thinking. And I need my thoughts to be separated, divorced from from me, from focused on me. And, um, you know, so I, I meditate every morning, and there's so many available um, resources for us to, to use to meditate. You know, um, there's apps, there's YouTube, there's, you know, all kinds of things to, to invite this in. And, you know, so, like, um, recovery is not just diet and exercise, um, I have to feed my thoughts, you know, healthy considerations, not just garbage, you know, and fast ideas. Like, I think, like, fast ideas, they're like fast food. It's convenient. It's readily available. It's everywhere on every corner. But it's truly crap, you know. It's bad for me. And so that's, like, the healthy the healthy kind of food thinking I need. And I employ, you know, I occupy and work my mental faculties. And this is like the exercise. It's it's the discipline because my thoughts have to be on a higher plane. And so when I wake up, I ask God to direct my thinking, um, and um, and that makes for a much better day, a much better way of living. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C., and who would like to share on page Nancy eight? Please. The second Nancy paragraph please. on awakening. Let us think about the next 24 hours. Nancy, Nancy. Okay, I've got Nancy. I've got Nancy P. Jan, Janice P. M. And there was like three people before uh, Matt and Mary. Katie G. from Amanda, Boston. Amanda B. Matt M. Katie. Katie G. Hold on, Matt. Um, after KDG, there was um, Carolyn, I believe, Carolyn F.H. 
Harley. And then Matt, Matt, Larry, and Harlan. Okay, this is who we have. Um, Nancy P, Janice PM, Amanda B, Katie G, Carolyn SH, Matt, Larry, and Harlan. Uh, go ahead, Nancy P. Hi, can I be heard? Yes. Okay. Uh, thank you for letting me share. So I love this paragraph. Um, I'm not still not very good at, um, you know, prayer and meditation, but I am better getting better, you know, the more I try. And I feel like God will direct my thinking. I ask him to please keep me in the right space. And I acknowledge, you know, doing that allows me to acknowledge where I was and embrace who I am. And as I gain experience with this new way of thinking, I've come to see it as the embodiment of the second step of coming to believe in a power greater than myself. And the book says, you know, earlier, you know, that's just what this book is about, is getting, getting a relationship with God. And it says, you know, also earlier in the book, what do I have to do? And I'm always on the edge of my seat because um, even though, you know, I've read it a million times, I was always on the edge of my seat because I, I never got it. I never had a relationship with God. And, you know, every day is a new experience because every day is a new day of abstinence. So even though I never knew what, you know, what it would be like to be um, comfortably abstinent, <coughs> excuse me, um, I, I can't, you know, I'm never, I don't ever take it for granted, but I'm not, I'm neither cocky nor am I afraid. The problem has been removed. And that is all if I remain in fit spiritual condition. So that's what I work on every day. And every day allows me to, you know, I don't wish to forget the past. I, I acknowledge what I was and I embrace who I am today. And every day I get better and better at being who, who God wants me to be and who, what the plan is for me, that God's plan is. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy P. Janice P.M., then Amanda B. and Katie G. Go ahead, Janice. Well, good morning again, Julie. Uh, this is Janice PM, a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Well, you know, habit, 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 habit. Um, we all have habits. And um, when I started doing this particular, um, you know, behavior, it just becomes a habit. On awakening, I, I wake, my eyes are open. I'm still in bed. This is what I do. It doesn't mean you have to do it, but this is the habit that I got into. Um, uh, my eyes become open, and I say, thank you, God, for this new day. Thy will be done, not mine. You know, I awake and ask him what he wants me to do for the day. I get up. I do what I have to do. Um, you know, we all have physical habits that we have to do, and I do have a physical problem, um, but I have a spiritual problem. So I have to connect with my higher power and depend upon him for my spiritual growth and well-being. So, you know, I do. When we see the word ask, so now we're going to preview my, I'm going to preview my day by praying. You know, last night I reviewed my day. So the preview today is um, my thinking about the day because that's my problem. You know, there's a lot of things going on in my life today. And, boy, I could say i got to do this, i got to do that, that's got to get done. And, you know, but I just center myself. Thank you, God, that I have that ability and skill to do that because I was taught through this big book, this is what I do. I ask, and whenever you see ask, that means I pray. I ask to, to for God to direct my thinking, not 
anything else to direct my thinking, not the Social Security office or whatever what I have to do. It's God. That's what it says. I ask God to direct my thinking because he's the one, the only one that can separate me, completely separate me. That's what divorce is, completely separate separate me from my own self-pity, poor me, my will, my dishonesty, my people-pleasing, my self-seeking motives, you know. So I think about, and I say it every morning, please, God, please give me, um, I ask you for inspiration, an intuitive thought or a decision. Now, these prayers are all, you know, because now I'm in, I got a sixth sense now. We've gone through the first ten steps. And I pray for resentment. Um, and I pray for people. And I pray um, so that I will be divorced from self-will. Um, only for others to be helped. And I'm useful to him. And this is true. You know, I don't do it on the way to work. Of course, I don't work, but that's what, you know, if I have to go out first or whatever. I don't do it then. I do it the minute I awake. Awake, my eyes are open. And um, I also ask them to show me patience. This is a ritual that I do every morning. doesn't mean you have to do it. But this is what I find becomes the spiritual habit that I am used to. And I need to I need this every day. I don't ask for it once to give me patience, tolerance, kindliness and love. I have to do it every day and sometimes during the day, a lot of times during the day because I'm not right. kind. And um thank you so much and I do resentments and whatever else. And you know, now I'm scented and thank you very much for letting me share. Pass. Thank thank you, Janice PM. Amanda B, KDG, Carolyn F H. Go ahead, Amanda. Hi, this is Amanda B., a recovered compulsive eater in Toronto, Canada. Um, thanks so much for this. So upon awakening, he tells me when I need to do it. Um, I'm a mom and I have two young kids. And uh, I fit in my five minutes in the morning. I don't have to put my prayer meditation um, right in the morning to be so much prayer and meditation. But I can still talk to God. I can still wake up on awakening. And it says, God, direct my thinking. And for me, this pulls into my consciousness, who was God for me and now who is God for me? God for me used to be a punishing God, a bad God. My life had no meaning and purpose. And I wouldn't want to ask that God to direct my thinking. I realized I had a problem with step two and three. If I didn't trust God, if I didn't see God as a being or a person or something that could help me, there's no way I trust them with anything. So when I say God direct my thinking, for me, I'm so grateful because it reminds me of who God is for me, that God is loving, powerful, and kind. Uh, and then I can say direct my thinking, direct my thinking to be powerful and kind in your way. So I used to read it as basically God direct my thinking used to be don't be a bad girl and make sure you do everything that's right so that I love you. And now I read it as do the best you can to listen to your intuition, and I'm going to guide you. And so when I say, God, direct my thinking, I really say, God, guide my intuition so it's free from dis-easiness, from uneasiness, from hate, or any of, any of those negative uh, behaviors. And it says, my, life is pla- my thought life, my head, is placed on a higher plane. And that's where the problem is. My head centers in my mind. Um, so I also used to read this as don't be bad, divorce me from dishonesty, divorce me from, and when I think about dishonesty now, I just think 
divorced me from believing my disease, believing the ideas that I'm no good, that the rest of the world out to get me, that I have to control it, driven by a hundred forms of fear and delusion. That's what I'm asking from a divorce from. And we read from um, Bill's story that we're not bad people, or the doctor's opinion rather, we're not bad people, we're just sick people. So I'm asking God, please help heal my mind. Um, and when I take that gentle approach, gentle has not been my uh, strong suit when I came to program. It's just get it done, do it right, blah, blah, blah. And that's where I got that mean God from. Um, but when I believe in a God that's helpful, loving, and benevolent, and I ask God to direct my thinking, and I know that the events in my life have meaning and purpose, like eating compulsively had meaning and purpose that brought me here, um, then I know that I'm going to be placed on a much higher plane for today. And all I have to do is continue to practice that and continue to, to reach out to God. And so, you know, I'm not going to lie, but say on awakening. Oh, thank you. All right. Anyways, I'll wrap up. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Thank you, Amanda B. Katie G, followed by Carolyn S.H. and Matt M. Go ahead, Katie. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, everyone. Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic. And yeah, I mean, so much like all my teachers so far, I wake up in the morning and I actually have an app that reads this to me because I, I know it by heart and I want to do it fresh with God. And what I love about step 11 is that it started last night, right? So last night I looked at where I felt short um, in terms of who I might not have been kind with. And so this morning I think about, okay, God, I'm going to run into this person today. How can I be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives? Like how how can I interact with them? Like show me what that's going to look like today, God. And reminds me of step three, right, that God is my director, right? I'm not the director anymore. And um, and looking at what my motives are, it talks about motive twice. And my motives are my reason for doing things, you know. And so this morning when I was talking to God, I was talking to him, I, I have a cold. And um, I was feeling obsessional about um, do I take, do I go to the gym or do I not? And I know this all seems really small, but I'm going to tell you what, like I don't know how to do anything. I don't know how to do life. So I'm talking to God and it's like, well, are my motives to go and push myself and, and be the thinnest girl in the room or are my motives to take care of myself and to be a good woman of Overeaters Anonymous and not be so exhausted that I can't be a mom, right? So I talk to God, I'm honest, and then God gave us brains to use, holy smoke. So up until this point, page 86, I keep saying my problem, main problems in my mind, main problems in my mind. It is, main problems in my mind. But God is giving me brains to use on a much higher plane when I'm not cle- when I'm not focused and, and married to me, to KDG, to getting my will done. You know, I can I can use my brain and what that means for me today is like all of a sudden when I get up in the morning, um, you know, I have an intuition. I have an intuition of, okay, like when I was working, okay, I've got to go to work and, and these are this is what what it this is what may happen. Um, but I know the right thing to do. I know how to be. I know that as an employee when I clock in, I've got to be on the clock. I can't be texting, I can't be leaving, I can't be making phone calls, I can't be on the meeting, right? I need to be at work, I need to be a good employee, right? And when I get home, it's important that when my husband gets home, I honor him. What is that going to look like, God? Like, and, and are my motives to get him, and are my motives to honor him so that he meets me and fills me and lets me, lets me hold him hostage, 
right, and never leaves me, right? Or are my motives to be a good wife today, to be a, to just be kind, patient, accepting, and loving? So all of this, and I'm just going to close with this. All of this is about how I learn to live my life from a from a Katie-centered woman to a God-centered woman. And thank you, God, that who the the ten people who wrote this book know that I need instruction on how to do that each and every moment. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie D. Carolyn S.H., followed by Matt M., then Larry, then Harlan. Go ahead, Carolyn. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Julie. Carolyn S.H. in uh, Massachusetts. Um, grateful to be able to share. Um, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance. Uh, I don't know about you, but that is huge for me, huge, um, because, I mean, we've seen all through the big book that it is our thinking that is the problem, and um, especially um, the top of page 27, and there is a solution. Um, the doctor said, you have the mind of a chronic alcoholic. Um, uh, I, And then on the top of 37, um, uh, plain insanity and a lack of proportion and the inability, um, lack of the ability to think straight, right? And that was my problem. And now I'm being told um, that I can trust my brain, that I can trust my mental faculties. Um, Well, what happened between page 37 and page 86 is the steps, is um, steps uh, two through nine, right? Um, Two through 10, really. Um, and I'm living on a, in a completely different world now. Um, and the conditions are asking God to direct my thinking. Um, and the different world is I'm connected to a higher power. I actually have a relationship. I know there's, there's someone to go to um, to direct my thinking, whereas I didn't have that connection before. Um, and someone said something beautiful in one of the meetings yesterday. Um, that the step 11 review at night, and I believe for, you know, it, it follows for everything, that it's not, oh, I forgot to set my timer, Julie, I hope you have my back. Um, okay. that, uh, thank you. Um, that it's not about perfection. It's not about getting things right. It's about connection. And we're going to see that again in the next paragraph, um, that following inspiration. We're not going to get it right all the time, and that's okay, it does, you know. Just having that connection and living in that way. Because um, thinking, it was like, it's so refreshing and wonderful to me that it's through my thinking that I connect with God. And I'm learning that there's a huge, and I can feel the difference between, there's a huge difference between receiving thought and me making up a thought. And I can tell what I'm doing. Um, and it's just about focusing and letting go. And I got, in my meditation a few days ago, I got this kind of um, idea that I feel like was given to me that just, you know, be in listen-only mode. You know, like when you're on the phone or in a teleconference or on a webinar, you know, I'm in listen-only mode. I'm not speaking here, you know. And, and when I start my day like that and do my day like that, uh, right. my, thank you, my, my thought life is placed on a higher plane. I haven't placed it there. It's placed there. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Carolyn S.H. Uh, Matt M., followed by Larry and then Harlan. Go ahead, Matt. Thank you. Can I be heard? Yes. 
Good morning, everyone. This is Matt Evans with the Pulse over here in New Jersey. I read this every day, this section on the big book, because it gives me um, a way to have my day get started off on the right foot, you know. I, uh, I say some prayer meditation in the morning, and then I consider what I want to do for someone else during the day. I usually make a phone call during the day to try to get an actual to see how other people are doing, because I can get very self-centered. And my base nature is to be self-centered and egotistical, and uh, it's all about me and what my feelings are. So I try to get out of my own stuff and, and, and see how others are doing and check on them for once. And uh, I use this because I need to have baseline for my day, and I need to be able to get off on the, the, good, the right star, like I said. Um, and I want to make sure my thinking is clear to wrong motives, you know, because I do get sometimes into the self-pity mode of like, war with me, poor me, I live alone, I don't have a job, blah, 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 yeah. And um, I don't need to get into that. I need to just focus on what I'm doing the next the next right thing, getting up, taking a shower, having a healthy afternoon breakfast, getting on the meeting, you know, um, doing the next right thing is part of my day, you know, it's part of my day. And I'm um, grateful the meeting is here because it gives me, uh, like, like my focus for the day, my, my, my center of gravity, if you will. I'm grateful. And uh, so every day I will get it. I'll still will be getting up every morning, reading these three paragraphs, but this paragraph with the other ones that are listed here on the next page. And um, I'll go from there. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Madam. Larry K. followed by Harlan G. Go ahead, Larry. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for your service. You know, to effectuate is is to put put into force, put into operation. I didn't effectuate being placed into this this position. God did that. I just worked some some steps. My thought life, one of the ways that, that, that I've changed is my thought life is, was placed on a much higher plane. I know that today. This practical program of action resulted in far more than merely the absence of a, the obsession to compulsively overeat. That, that did happen. But it wasn't just the absence of that. It resulted in the presence of all sorts of things, positive emotion. There's meaning and engagement in life. I'm changed. God effectuated a change. He put it into force. I work some steps. When I'm connected to this creator, this life doesn't just result in the absence of that physical deterioration that I was experiencing. That happened. No, it resulted in the presence of physical and mental and emotional and spiritual health in a way that I could not have anticipated. I didn't think it was possible for a guy like me by this merciful higher power so in alignment with our creator, we develop these, these protective assets that move us away from a, it moved me away from that absence only consciousness, which was very limited, very limited. And it moved me to a presence of consciousness, which was expansive and unlimited. And, and I began to see meaning and growth and joy and spiritual connectedness. It was organic. It was an outgrowth of this 12 step way of life. It happened. God effectuated it. He put it into operation. I mean, how limited was my mindset when I could only see the possibility of physical change? That's all I saw. That was my mindset. It says when the, you know, the big book reminds us when the spiritual malady is overcome, that problem, that spiritual problem, that was always my problem. When that's overcome, well, of course I'm going to straighten out physically and mentally. And these steps, when worked in sequence, Harlan will tell you, when they were, when they're worked in sequence, he told me, it results in a, a, a change in my whole mental disposition. You know what changed everything? 
It was a revolutionary change. You know what stays the same? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing stayed the same. The spiritual transformation inoculated me. It inoculates us in a way where we shift from an unadaptability to resilience. I was rigid and inflexible in my fat body, but I became malleable and accepting. It's revolutionary, this change. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Harlan, you're up next. Thanks. Good morning, Julie. Thanks for your service. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in sweltering Scottsdale, Arizona. I look at this paragraph and I'm reminded of something that's very important for me to be reminded of indeed. I am a human being who is given to ego-driven madness on a minute-to-minute, second-to-second basis in my life. If the truth be told, nothing is good enough, nothing is enough. If one is good, 85 is better. And as long as you're sucking air out of the atmosphere, it's my air. That's sick. Let's take a look at some things here. Self-pity, dishonest, self-seeking motives. These are the manifestations of my ego and its maniacal destructive power. I can feel sorry for myself with the best of them. I can lie to myself or others so I can manipulate to try to get my way. Self-seeking, the action I take to get my way, motives. I can employ my mental faculties with assurance if these are gone, for after all, God gave me brain to use. Let's take a look at page 570, if you're following along at home. 570, Dr. Bauer, who was a close associate of Bill Wilson, Alcoholics Anonymous are no crusaders, not a temperance society. They know that they must never drink. They help others with similar problems. In this atmosphere, the alcoholic often overcomes his excessive concentration upon himself, learning to depend upon a higher power and absorb himself in his work with other alcoholics. He remains sober day by day. The days add up into weeks, the weeks into months and years. There is a sick way to think about helping others, and I say helping in quotes, there is a sick codependent way, and there's a sick alanonic way to do it, but there's a healthy way too. I want to help those who want to be helped. I do not want to help those who do not want to be helped. I am not here to convince you to do this program. This is not a program for people who need it. It's not a program for people who want it. It's a program for people who do it. And my job is to help you do it if that's what you want. And in helping you, that's five minutes, ten minutes, where I'm not thinking about me, me, me. And if I can get an hour, two hours, three hours a day where I can't sit and think about what I don't have or why you have five and I have two, then I have a good chance of recovery. And at the end of the day, when I hit that bed, If I haven't eaten compulsively and I've helped others and I have been of maximum service to God, excuse me, and the people about me, 
then maybe I can go for another day of abstinence and another day of service today. And that's what this is all about, Charlie Brown. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan. And I'd like to remind everyone that we are on page 86, the second paragraph on awakening, let us think about. We'll be sharing only on this paragraph. Who would like to share? Sigrid Nessa R. Sigrid and Nessa R. Isabel S. Andy S. Marcella Isabel. Isabel Elizabeth. Hold on. Elizabeth S., I think. Elizabeth you have to correct that when I get there. Okay. Chrissy G. Uh, Chrissy G. Jeanette Andy S. Um, let's try all that again, four people at once. I'll take two more names. Jeanette S. I think it was Jeanette F. Judith R. Judith R. Okay, let's off with that. We have Sigrid, Nessa R, Isabel F, I think Elizabeth S, Chrissy G, Jeanette F, correct me with the initials when you get to your turn, and Judith R. Uh, go ahead, Sigrid, and if you could tell me your last initial, that would be great. Sure. The last initial is F as in Frank. Thank you. So good morning, everybody. This is Sigrid F in South Florida, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. This program is truly miraculous. The journey that I've been on is truly miraculous and not something that I could have done before. If I, if I could have, then the 48 years I lived before without program, I would have had a recovered mind, body, and spirit, but I didn't. And as I trudge through this journey with all of you, more is revealed to me, and it's it's amazing. I, I think I think I get it, and then something else. God directs me somewhere else, and this paragraph is where I was directed. Again, didn't see it, however many times I read it before, but for whatever reason, that time God directed me there, and I saw it a couple of months ago. And I started including in my God letter every day a review of my day. What was coming in my 24 hours? Whether, you know, not, not every little thing, but big chunks. What's, what's happening in my day? And are there any things that are unusual in that day that I want to call out and think about? And then I ask God to divorce, help me, help me to divorce my thoughts from being selfish and fearful, which I have a tendency to do, being self-centered and dishonest. And as I work through my day and as these things occur, I truly am on a higher plane where I, God is with me. If, he, if I'm looking, he's telling. He's telling me, okay. And I'm seeking guidance in my day. And I'm so grateful for that, to not, to not be in my head bouncing around in the empty walls in there, but to be looking outward to help others and to try to live on this higher plane. So trudging along this happy journey with all of you, and I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Secret F. Nessa R., followed by Isabel S., followed by Elizabeth S. Thank you. Hi, good morning, for you. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. For recovery, I used to wake up in the morning with a humongous to-do list, 
and I would plow through the day to get as many of those items ticked off as possible. And I bulldoze my way through everything and everyone in a constant collision course with everything and everyone. And not considering people's feelings as I went about my day, not considering the circumstances, not considering um, you know anything else but that list. Um, and it, uh, it took a toll. It took a toll on me. It destroyed relationships. Um, it was just not a pleasant way. And I would, I would call into bed at the end of the day exhausted, exhausted. In recovery, um, I still wake up with that humongous to-do list, but there's a difference. The difference is the pause that that morning meditation forces me to take. You know, when I, on awakening, I consider my plans for the day. And I realize now that my time is not my own. I mean, indeed, my life is not my own. I'm here, you know, to serve God and help others. And if in the process I can, I, I can accomplish what I, you know, have on that list, and that's a good thing. Um, something that I do in the morning when I, when I do my morning meditation, I actually say, you know what, God, these are my plans for today. Because your plans for my day are different because my day is really your day. Give me the willingness, give me the willingness to go along, you know, to adapt and change and accomplish what you want me to accomplish, to do what you want me to do. You know, um, very early in our relationship, my, my sponsor used to repeat to me almost daily message, you're not a human doing, you are a human being. And so now instead of focusing on what I need to do, what the items I need to tick off on that list, I focus on what I need to be. And that is um, be of service, be of service, of maximum service, not just plain service, of maximum service. Um, and, you know, it just makes all the difference in the world. You know, I, I go to bed, you know, satisfied, content, and happy that my relationships are intact, that I didn't trample over people's feelings, you know, over uh, people's sensitivities, um, and, you know, it's all because I take that moment um, at the beginning of the day to, to realign myself. I wake up disaligned, and in that moment, I realign myself with God's will for me and my day. Hi. And with that, I pause. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. Isabel S. followed by Elizabeth S. Chrissy G. Good, good morning. Uh, go ahead, Isabel. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is Isabel S. from Massachusetts. Uh, Ah, so 11 steps for me. I used to do the 11 step at night, and I used to take the app and, uh, and go through the question and say, check, 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 check. And I did it in like maybe five minutes. And now God told me, you're not going to do it at night anymore. I mean, if, you can, if you're not tired, you will, but do it in the morning. Uh, for me, I'm not saying that you have to do that, but he said do it in the morning because you, I mean, doing check, check, check doesn't work. You have to to be with me, and, and I always start my day saying, please, God, help me to see what I couldn't see. Help me to, to take away the, because the 11th step, what is the 11th step? It's to free me from the bondage of self, to free me from this ego, this uh, mind of mine. So I ask God to, to show me what I couldn't see, and to, so it's, it's an amazing,
amazing. Now I stay like an hour and a half sometimes with God, and he goes very deeply. And I have so much awareness, awareness now. And it's like not check, check, oh, I have to do it, and oh, I do it. I, I'm happy because I just did it in five minutes. No, it's not that anymore. I want to learn. I want to see where my mind goes during the day. Because my mind is going to bring me to places, dark places, places of the past. Like yesterday, there was a, this neighbor. She was driving next to me, and she waved at me. And usually she stopped, and she talked to me. And where did my mind go? So I was resentful. I was fearful. I was all of it. So God also told me, if you are resentful, you are automatically selfish, automatically afraid, and automatically dishonest. And uh, so I was... And then he said today, he said, go back to that. And said, Why were you resentful at her? And I said, because she didn't stop. And it was all about me, 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 me. He said, no, go deeply, deeper than that. And in fact, my mind, the sensation I had in my body was like I had a knot in my, in my stomach when I, she passed and it didn't stop. And this sensation is what I used to have when I was a young. And my mother and my sisters were together and left me alone. And uh, and he said, this is, and then my mind said, oh, she's going to say bad thing about me. She's going to tell the neighborhood about me. Yeah. And he said, did you do you see where your mind goes? Just because this woman didn't stop, no wonder you ate. No wonder you ate over all those things, because your mind is really sick, and your mind is so wired to go back to those dark places, so wired to. To uh, to to uh, has a habit to go those in those places. So you have to fight the mind, and you have in order to fight the mind, you need to come to me and pray and ask me uh, some uh, direction and ask me to reveal what was going on during the day. So for me, eleven step is really really. I mean, ten too, but eleven for me right now, Time. it's one of the most important uh, steps. Thank you so much. Thank you. We have about 10 minutes left and four people, so if we could maybe make the shares about two minutes would be helpful. Elizabeth S., followed by Chrissy G., Jeanette F., and Judith R. Go ahead, Elizabeth S. Elizabeth? Okay, Chrissy G., why don't you go next, and we'll circle back to Elizabeth. Hmm. Hi, it's Chrissy J. Recovered compulsive okay. reader and anorexic from New Jersey. Can you hear me from New York? Actually, yes. now. Um, yes. Yeah. Good morning. So this is um, something that's always on my mind, and it's the it, it is the foundation of my spiritual life. It's it's no longer just about the twelve steps for me because. Thanks to this program, you know, working these steps and having a spiritual, the initial spiritual awakening was but a beginning, and it has grown from there. And I have um, been blessed and led to um, reunite with my childhood faith and part of my faith and many, many other faiths is a practice of, of contemplation and connecting with the higher power and being led and and it's it's amazing and it i i i rely on it like i rely on gravity like it's a scientific principle that if i get quiet and i look for direction that i'll get it you know and it's it's really 
hard to believe that unless you've experienced it. So, you know, it is a matter of a little bit of blind faith at first, you know, in terms, and I think that happens, I probably, probably needs to happen on step one, when you have a little bit of blind faith, you know, came to believe, and then step two, came to believe that a power greater than yourself, you know, it's like, you don't know it to be true, but you're hoping and you're believing, you're choosing to believe. And it's the same thing with getting guidance from a higher power. You know, I hear a lot of people say, why would God be interested in my little problems? I have come to experience and to know that he cares about the most seemingly insignificant things. And he gives me real direction. If I'm, if I'm confused and I'm seeking direction, I get it from little things, to big life things. And it's not always on my term terms and timetable is not always the answer that I want and it also is a process of discernment because I can get confused and not know what I'm being led to do and what I I me the the little I is is wanting to do and it, it but it just takes practice it's like any relationship you build trust and communication and with that I pass Thank you, Chrissy G. Instead of Elizabeth, I think I was Sandy S. Is there a Sandy S. that was in there? Yeah, this is Sandy. I'm actually in oh, a great. doctor's office. But, oh. Um, it's okay. I'll just go into the hallway. Yeah, I think that one of the things I have questions about is what does it really mean to divorce my motives from self-seeking, dishonesty, and uh, I can't remember what the third one is, but, you know, what do I need to do to self-pity um, to get my brains to think at a higher level? And um, that's really a tough one for me. You know, what does it really mean to surrender to a higher power? You know, a lot of times I just don't know. You know, so I think for me, the biggest thing in step 11 is really just being with the uncertainty of things. I mean, I think that that's really tough. And just doing the next right task. You know, so that's, that's all I need to share. Thanks. Thank you so much, Sandy S. And Jeanette S. followed by Judith R. Hi, this is Jeanette S. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, yeah. Um I just wanted to share the thing that I say in the morning. I I have an alarm set on my phone and then there's like a pre-alarm, so it's this really nice soft gentle music. And as soon as that comes, you know, um as soon as I wake up and that music starts coming on, I say this out loud with the music and it's just I don't know, it's just really has an amazing effect on me with the music behind it. I just discovered that recently. But this is what I say in the morning. Relieve me of the bondage of self. Help me abandon myself to the spirit. Move me to do good in this world and show kindness. Help me to overcome and avoid anger, resentment, jealousy, and any other kind of negative thinking today. Help me to help those who suffer. 
keep me alert with courage to face life and not withdraw from it, not to insulate myself from all pain, whereby I insulate myself from love as well. Free me from fantasy and fear. Inspire and direct my thinking today. Let it be divorced from self-pity, dishonesty, and self-seeking motive. Show me the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. I pray for all of those to whom I've been unkind and ask that they are granted the same peace that I seek. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jeanette S. Judith R., you're next. Thank you, Julie. This is Judith R. in Vermont. Can you hear me? Yes. Thank you. Um, Think about the 24 hours ahead and my plans for the day. Consider them. Um, That is not a normal thing for me to do. When I was a hippie back in the 60s, I decided that goals and plans were for boring people and that interesting people just let their day unfold. And I have been so rebellious all these years and kept that same kind of attitude. So when I'm directed to do this, I'm like, oh, okay. Um, And to direct my thinking. Now, I've been taught in the rooms that I shouldn't go into my mind by myself. It's a dangerous neighborhood. So how can I suddenly trust my thinking? Well, I've just done the previous um, 10 steps. And I'm ready for the 11th step. And now my thinking can be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, and self-seeking motives. And then the word motives. Hmm. Cleared of wrong motives. Um, so my motives for during all these years has been to look good. Um, I wanted to do good, but I also wanted to look good while I was doing it. And my higher power has, is teaching me how to divorce myself from that need. And um, I'm so grateful that I get to do this every day. I remember a sponsor some years ago, I was complaining about, well, yes, I'm in love with God, but I just don't spend enough time in the morning with God. And she said, start with a couple minutes. And by now it really is up to 20 minutes. And I feel like I'd be going around naked if I went into the day without it. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Judith R. And we have one minute, so I'm going to sneak in. Julia, our recovered compulsive overeater. And I love it because I, too, listen to an app right away, and it's got my own voice in it because I want to hear what I'm supposed to do. And I love it because it's on awakening, not before I get my cup of coffee, not before I go to the bathroom, not before I check social media, not before I start my checkoff list of what I have to do today. I need to get still open up my mind so that I can hear my creator direct me because I want to start the day. I, 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 I've got to do this. I've got customers. I've got this. I got my kid coming on and on and on. Or if I wake up with a leftover resentment, something like that. And I just stop. I press my button on my iPhone that I hear my voice reading those pages And I sit in silence and then I go and do some things and then I come back because, you know, if my thoughts are the ones, my thinking, I I don't think like a normal person. But when I bring God in and I become a recovered woman, then 
I am more apt to follow God's will, right? So what do I do, though? I have to steal that mind because I wake up Julie. I don't wake up a centered woman ready to do God's work. And with that, I pass. And I'd like to tell everybody what the share ID is for today, Tuesday, July 24th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. It is 11,693. I'd like to thank everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Rachel W. please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Julie. Thanks for your service. This is Rachel W. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past, give freely of what you find, and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.